all for tuning in. This is Selena and Iman. Together we make you plus happy. Each week we bring you someone who challenges us to define success and happiness on our own terms with a dose of laughter. Remember to like and subscribe at You Plus Happy Podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at You Plus Happy. Hey, Selena. Hola. Well, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Hanging in there. I'm good. I'm good. Um, anything fun or exciting this week? Um, so I... I wouldn't say it was fun or exciting, but I did have, <laughs> I Every did have, a, both say that huh? Every week we're like, no, it wasn't fun or exciting, but. <laughs> um, but I had a moment of uh, kind of like an epiphany for me. So this week was very overwhelming at work and I went on um, a hike. So I found a new spot. Someone took me to a new spot that was really pretty, you get to the top and you could see all of the city and the sunset. And it was just, we weren't there long, but it just was like, so I don't know, like I felt like a weight was lifted from my shoulders and I was thinking about it. And I was like, I feel like whenever I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I go somewhere in nature or like by the ocean and it helps me just put things in perspective or I'll like look at the stars, I'm tapping into my hippie side. Um, <laughs> but it helps put things into perspective and remind me how big and like vast the world is and how small my problems are in comparison. So that was just like a moment of like, oh, like I knew that I did it, but I didn't really understand why I did it. Yeah. So was my moment of reflection this week. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? You're good at that, like saying, oh, this is putting things in perspective and saying, oh, this this is a minor inconvenience you said before. <laughs> and like, my problems aren't that big. You're so good at that. Yeah. It took I'm time working. to get there though, girl. Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> what about you? Did you do anything fun this week? Yeah, so actually, um, I did some self-care today. I went and got a, a mani-pedi, which I haven't done in a while. Um, just cause I was like, and I was also like, my nails keep breaking cause I'm getting gel, mm -hmm. but I'm back on the horse. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm near. And I felt, I left, I was like, oh, I feel so pretty. I feel better. It's like so different than doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. And then um, I'm gonna tie this in, but Chili from TLC, I remember her. Um, she turned 50 and she looks, um, girl, yes. And she looks amazing. So I Google what she does and she says she does. One of the things she does is red light therapy. So after my mani-pedi, I went, I went and did some red light therapy. So I should start looking young soon, you guys. And, um, Wait, what is red light therapy? I don't really know. No, actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I've read about it, but I, I don't want to go down what it really is, but it's, oh, it's almost like a tannin booth where, where mm -hmm. I, everybody might ha have a different experience, but where I went was like a tannin booth. And you just go in there for um, the, however many minutes they tell you to, and mm -hmm. the floor vibrates too. I know it's supposed to help with your joints too, aging, your um, acne, all that. So 
but I got to do it more than once, obviously. But when I, when I came out, I was like, I asked the guy that was working there, I was like, I look younger, right? He was, I was like, just say yes. He was like, yep. Mind you, I had a mask on. I like, didn't even walk in. But um, I've been looking for ways that are like helpful for um, like aging that aren't too, too expensive. And red light therapy seems to be like, fairly reasonable um but and so we'll see in, in like 20 years when I'm 50 <laughs> if that even works <laughs> self-care is always important for sure <laughs> yes um so who do we have this week so this week we have the pleasure of having Mo Farihan on the show Mo is a son, a brother, and an uncle, and a friend who has lived on two continents where he grew up in one culture and is now experiencing another, a culture which he now calls home. Through all these experiences and changes, he's done life and continues to do life, preferably while reading a book by the ocean. Without further ado, here's Mo. Hello guys, morning. Hi. Well, good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm my friend, co-host, Selena. Selena. Hi, Selena. Uh, how are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you. It's getting the day started. Mm-hmm. All right. So first question is just how did you get started um, with your current job insurance? I think it all started off last year because just before insurance, I was working um, with one of the big four banks in the mortgage space. And I think I came to this stage in my life where I realized that I wasn't really happy with it because it was not with my values, if that makes sense. So when you wake up every day in the morning and you want to go into work, they say, you know, it's work that has to make you happy, give you that happiness, satisfaction, not just for yourself, but what you deliver as well. And for a few months, I kept waking up thinking, oh, you know, I just can't do this anymore. I just can't sit there delivering what I do because it's against my values. And for the longest time, there was a fear that if I didn't have work, I wouldn't be able to sustain myself because that's an inherent conditioned fear that we all grew up with because everyone tells you that you've got to have a job. You never leave a job without having another job etc so we are conditioned as children not to actually tap into our own inner space and inner thinking sometimes especially it depends on where you grew up as well one day i woke up and made that decision as i woke up in the morning that i'm going to give my resignation at work walked into work typed up the resignation gave in my full week notice which was the middle of february last year was it a great time to give a resignation? Mm, well, in hindsight, not really. But it is what it is. You've got to have faith in what you do. Gave my resignation two weeks later. I mean, Australia was talking about going into our first stage of lockdown. Everyone was panicking. Employment was shutting down. People on the streets. And it did look bleak. But then I just kept applying and... One of my key skills is communication, which is what I've always worked on. The insurance job pops up through a friend and they said, Matt, you should apply for this because you're really good at that. And two weeks later, I was employed in insurance. And 
a year later, here I am still working. Uh, so I work in motor claims with uh, one of the uh, biggest organizations that underwrites for pretty much all the insurance companies in, in um, Australia, rather. And uh, I've been with them for the last year and enjoying what I'm doing now, waking up in the morning, knowing that I'm making a change in someone's life for the positive and doing it um, with happiness and satisfaction. So I'm in a I'm in America. So and when you say insurance there, what does that entail? Like, what does that mean there? Because you say you're helping people. Yes, I work in motor insurance. So insurance is diverse, obviously. And I guess from country to country, it is different. I grew up in Sri Lanka. So motor insurance in Sri Lanka is vastly different to motor insurance in Australia. I'm not too aware how it works in the US, but I presume there are the similar principles. Obviously, you underwrite for the loss. Now, I work in motor insurance where if someone was in an incident, one of our customers, I work in the claims team. But when there is an issue with the claim, so for example, there's two cars involved in an incident and we can't really pinpoint and say, oh, you know, car A is actually at fault. Say, for example, two cars merged into the middle lane. Who merged first? Neither one of them is going to say, I did. Oh, the other person did. They say, oh, I came into the lane first and then they merged and they hit me. So it lands on my desk where I have to then take a look and see based on principles, based on um, where the incident happened, who was at fault. So there's a little, there's a few things that you apply to it, which makes it very interesting. And that's the way my brain works. So it gets me to think, oh, you are the car ahead or based on the damages. So that's what I would do in my job. Um, but I'm not too sure how insurance works in the US, but the principles I think are pretty much similar. So I work in bond insurance. Yeah. And you said when you just woke up one morning, finally, and mm. you were like, today's the day I'm going to put my resignation in. Obviously yes. that was like a turning point for you, but what gave you that? I know I've woke, I've gotten up in the morning at previous jobs and I'm like, today's the day, but I didn't do it. I didn't pull the trigger. So it's like, what made you really do it? I think just as you said, um, it's, I've had a few days like that where I've woken up wanting to do it. And as I said before, that inherent fear within you just stops. And you start thinking, oh, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to buy my groceries? How am I going to do X, Y, and Z that I have to do? Because this essentially means my income stops. Mm -hmm. But that's something we were conditioned to believe as children. We were always told that, you know, you always kind of got to keep working. You always got to keep doing what you do. But I think it's important as a human being to understand that it's twofold, right? Like we take care of our body. So you'd work out, go for a walk, whatever, even sleep for that matter is us shutting down, taking care of our body, but also shutting our mind down. When you wake up in the morning and if your mind is not present with the day that you are in, and if your mind is not allowing you or is quite reluctant for your body to actually move on with that day, you've got to take stock and you've got to sit back and think, is this something that I want to keep doing? Happiness is, when people say is a state of mind, it is what it is. It is a state of mind. And no one is in control of that state of, state of mind other than you. Yes, there are things around you, as I said before, that actually influences that. But at the end of the day, it is you who has control or rather have control of that state of mind. 
And I think for me, waking up that day and went, you know, there's a few days that I've woken up wanting to do it, but I pulled back. But my happiness matters. And then obviously, you've got to be a little bit smart too. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you've got to have a plan. If you have some savings behind you, that is your plan. So I had some savings behind me, which would have allowed me to, you know, live without employment for a few months. Um, so I had that as a backup for myself. If I stopped working today, I knew I had that. But also what I had in me was a belief in myself that I am this person, I can communicate, I can present myself, and I want to get a job where I'm going to be happy doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Knowing that I had that within me, I gave myself that time within the next three months, because that's all I have, I'm going to find this job. But also I left all the prejudices in my life behind, which is important too. Where you come from, that I was educated in a private Catholic school, none of that mattered. What mattered to me was that sense that I was making my own wage and I was proud about that fact. So if that meant that I had to wash dishes, I will wash dishes. But at least that is not going to affect my values or my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Having been able to come to that conclusion meant that when I woke up one day, I was just like, yep, today is the day I'm going to give this. Yeah. And one last follow-up question to that. When you, how long had you been at that job before you just quit it that day, before you finally put in your resignation? um about 26 months okay okay yeah because people get yeah. stuck in jobs for a really long time so I wanted to just get a yes. gauge on how long so you only about two, what was that like two years so two years too, yes too long. it wasn't okay. too long I think it was there's a story of a migration right I'm a migrant I left the shores of Sri Lanka seven years ago came to Australia and from that point have been trying to build my life and I've worked in two different industries before insurance now when I was at one point I realized that I needed to be in an industry that has more value because you have all the qualifications but you come to Australia the first question they'll ask you is oh but you don't have Australian experience but then you think oh but didn't you assess that when you gave me my residency when I wanted to move now, banking was that point where I realized it's a major industry in the world, finance. It adds value to my resume, but it's not just the job, it's what I did. So communication has always been that key part of what I've done. But once you join, it's, it's just like the devil's playground. You don't know until you start playing ball with the devil how the game's going to go. So you start playing ball, then you realize, okay, this is not for me. Can I still stay in banking? I could have, but that meant that I had to suppress my values of what I believe was right and wrong. So that's where you make that decision. Am I still going to believe in the system, as they would say, regardless of what happens and sustain through it because of the finances and the economies that's present? Or am I going to believe in myself and what values to me most and take that step back? So I think it was one of those journeys that you go through and there's influences in your life. Um, I think one of the biggest influences was that I read two books. One was um, How I Lost My Virginity, Richard Branson, about Virgin and how he started Virgin and all the failures he sustained before he hit success. And also I think 
um, the first book by Barack Obama, Letters to My Father, where he tries to reconcile with who he is as someone born to a Kenyan father, a white mother growing up with white grandparents, trying to be with him who he is, but also growing up where, you know, amongst his friends, they go, mate, but you're still not really who you are. So trying to reconcile that, right? And through that, they teach the values of really believing in who you are and what matters to you most. So that journey was kind of influenced by those as well. And then you come to a point because you're happy then. You wake up in the morning, you're happy. When you're done with work, you're true. It's, it, there's going to be tough days. You're going to be tired. There are days that you're going to feel like, oh my God, what am I doing here? But that's present in everything you do. Mm-hmm. It's not just really one. So you can't be happy 100%, but you can try to achieve that. What you can be is wholesome 100%. So that's the two key. That's what I see. That's my differentiation. Happiness is something you can't always be. You know, if someone close to me passes away, I'm not going to be happy, am I? But I'm going to look back at my life and think I'm at least wholesome. I'm able to be there. I'm able to be present and I'm able to be myself in that moment. That makes me wholesome. So you achieve for that wholesomeness and then happiness, I think, just follows through. Mm. Yeah. Um, you have a really good connection of who you are and like what your values are and your career has kind of been in line with that but I'm always like that so like getting to that place of like this is who I am this is what I value over you know my job or income what challenges did you kind of face along the way I think there's always those naysayers people who always tell you it's not going to work out you shouldn't be doing this. Have you thought about it? Now, I think part of the journey is also to align yourself with people who have similar beliefs and who have kind of a positive outlook on life. What I've always felt that we have a rather inherent and unhealthy connection between positivity and success. So people believe that if you're successful, that's positive. That is part of it. It's not the whole thing. Positivity doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have certain things in your life to be able to function the way you are. So it's important to have people who have those similar thoughts who can then encourage you because they can question you. So I've had friends of mine who actually questioned me. They didn't just jump on the bandwagon and say, yep, go ahead and do it. They said, why are you doing it? What's influenced you? What's your backup plan? So it's important to have people like that in your life who can actually question your judgment, but not in a way, not in negativity saying, oh, have you thought about it? You think it's a good thing to do? No, it's just more along the lines of what have you thought about it? Why have you thought about it? Fine. Let's say you quit your job today. What's your backup plan? Do you have money to survive? Are you, are you going to be able to pay your rent in a fortnight? Can you buy groceries? I can't. Okay. Are you planning on um, applying for social support of some sort so that you have an income? Yes. Okay. Once you do that, are you going to start looking for work? Yes. What kind of work are you going to start looking for? So you've got to have people around you who questions you along those because that makes you think as well. 
And sometimes decisions when they're made as a snap decision can be a little bit detrimental. And that means it's hard yaka going forward. So for me, as I said before, there were many days that I woke up wanting to give my resignation, but I didn't because some things held me back. But the more I thought about it, the more I aligned myself with that, what I wanted to do in the future. And then that day came where I woke up and I was like, yep, today is the day. I'm ready. I'm going to do it. You've got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, and if you're expecting someone else to believe in you, how does that work? You, if you can't portray to the others that this is who I am, and you wake up one morning thinking, I'm going to get this positivity, this affirmation from someone else, it doesn't work that way. You've got to look at yourself in the mirror and believe in yourself first thinking, I'm going to make this change for myself. I believe in myself and I'm going to make this change. If you do that, it's just like when you wake up, when you have a shower, when you put on makeup, you present an image to the world, which is more physical. Your mindset has to also be that image that you present to the world. So when you can present that image to the world saying, this is who I am, then the world will rally with you and boost you forward and support you. If you don't, then yes, you may make a decision, but you have nothing to back yourself. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. I think you said something, um, all of that was important, but was what really stuck out for me, and I just wanted to reiterate it, was when you said um, aligning yourself with who you wanted to be in the future. And I just yes. wanted to really point that out because I never thought about it in those terms or those words. Like what we're doing right now is like you have this vision of yourself, who you want to be, and you have to be doing things that are in alignment with that now. I like I like the way that was said. Um, but we talk about success a lot, but what along your journey, and this could be any part of your journey, when did you feel like you failed and how did you remedy that? Um, there's a few times that I felt that I failed. And I think the success comes from that as well. As I said, if you don't fail, you don't succeed because you don't know what, you, what you're missing out or what you're losing. And for me, it started off as a young child. When I first started schooling and I started, I was in the college swim team. And I think I was really good at doing what I was doing. And I've never lost a heat. So for a few years, I always used to win my heat. And then there was this kid who came into our school from another school, and he was a year older than I, but he fell into the same competing age bracket. So he was a little taller, a little stronger, and he was a good swimmer. And I had this confidence in me because I've never actually lost a heat that I'm not going to lose this. So I jumped into the water, started swimming my lap, 50 meters down, looked up. And usually when I look up and get out of the water, that's when everyone else kind of looks up and get out of the water. I looked up and got out of the water and I could see this other guy already up. And I thought, hold on a second. And I had, I had the time to come and tell me, yep, he finished two seconds, a second and a bit before you. But that was my first taste of failure. I mean, I was nine years old. And at when I was nine years old, I couldn't comprehend it. So I remember going and 
sitting down with my coach and I said, oh, but I never lost a, a have I done something wrong? Was I, was I slow? What did I do that, you know, made me be a slower swimmer than the other guy? And the coach told me, he said, I don't think you did anything wrong. I think there was someone there who was better than you. So for the next year, I tried to better myself so I can be better than that person. I never could. He was always better than me. And he was a good friend of mine. Well, he is still a good friend of mine, though we live in different parts of the world. And that made me realize that sometimes failures are good because it helps you see yourself and try to help you grow. But also failures help you realize a very important thing that we always benchmark ourselves against other people. We never benchmark ourselves against us. So that failure made me benchmark myself against someone else. But what it did inherently was it made me better. But if I saw myself being a better swimmer without that person present when I was eight years old, I probably would have still improved what I was doing. So that's my first touch of failure that made me realize that actually failing is good. It just depends if you have the attitude of standing up. When my last relationship failed, which was, you know, I was with that person for nine years and the person that I migrated to Australia with. Now, you, I battled hard to be in that relationship because there was a lot of negativity around that. And when the relationship failed, it took me a year and a bit to realize or come to terms with it because I was still struggling. I was still trying to see what failed. Again, it came to that point where I had to take a step back and take a look at myself as the entire picture and put myself in place and say, what did I do that contributed towards the failure? Okay, and what did they do? And being able to accept that whatever I would have done may not have changed that. If that's the case, how do I turn it around so it can change me? When I was, and I think something that profoundly impacted me happened when I was 21 years old. So I was starting to be a lawyer and I was in the final year of my law exam, law studies. So I just had to sit for my law exams in, a, in about five months and I had to pay the fee for my exams. So I was studying the British, British LLB, but I was studying in Sri Lanka as an external student and it cost quite a bit because you're paying pounds. And unfortunately, I couldn't afford to pay the exam fee to sit for my final exams. I couldn't pay the year that I wanted to sit, nor could I pay it for the next few years, which meant that I couldn't be a lawyer. And I'm not a lawyer, right? And about two years later, and that's there, my, my education stopped there. And then I started working and I tried to see if I could save up to actually pay so I can, you know, sit for my exams and I still couldn't. And at that point I had to make a decision and decide that I had to take my education elsewhere, which is what I did. So I got a loan from the bank, which I was able to repay. So I knew, okay, if I get this, I can repay this, but that amount was enough for me to actually study something else, which is what I did. So I studied marketing. So I'm a marketing professional, which I finished. And I had to let go of those law studies. And for a few years, I lived with that regret, lived with that failure that I couldn't finish. And, it had, it had, and, and, and the point of the story is it had nothing to do with me. 
if I had someone who came and said, here's the money for you to pay for your exams, pay me back later. That's all I had to do, pay for the exams and sit. And I would have passed, you know, but that was not my failure, but I still failed to complete it because I did not have the funds to do it. So sometimes failure is not just about yourself. Failure is probably the system around you. But am I going to sit here and badger that system, badger that failure, badger that external element that affected it? No. I guess I have, because life, I'm 36 years old, so I may have lived half my life, I may have lived all my life, or I may have lived just one third of my life. I don't know, right? And as much as it sounds an oxymoron, the the only consistent thing in life, life is change. change. So exactly. I need to, at that point, I think I had to think about life ahead of me and think what's going to happen if I stop here, keep complaining about it, keep thinking about that failure. I'm still going to be here thinking about that failure. I'm still going to be that person who probably just sat there thinking I never could finish my law exams. I never could beat this person swimming. I never could get into another relationship with anyone. Mm. And yet, if you don't factor in the positivity within that failure, then you're stuck being that failure. Yeah. I think a lot of us do that too. Like we have a failure in something big and it it's crushes us so much. We don't know how to bounce back and we might not even recognize it. Um, I did that with relationships and not with like um, work stuff. Cause I always felt like oh, I can bounce back, but with relationships like, Oh, well, it's like you, you're more vulnerable and you really open up and to do that. And then for it to fail is a different kind of hurt and a different kind of yes. um, failing. And um, it's that, yeah, I, I commend you for being able to do that because I think that for anyway, in my experience, that's been really tough. And I said this on the show before, but there's a Maya Angelou quote that's like, have the courage to love again and always again, because it's really crushing when I'm sure we've all had heartbreak. Like, come on, we're, we're in our thirties. Come on. <laughs> so, That's right. 100%. <laughs> um, and it's, yeah, it's not an easy thing to come back from and especially not only come back, but then go try to do it again. <laughs> like, so, and take that risk again, because that's not something you can really control. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you brought that up as like a, a, a quote on, under when we ask you about failures, because I don't think a lot of us look at it like that. Um, and, and look at it as it's like, oh, I have to get over that relationship, but not like I have to love again or I have to try to be in a relationship again. I think that's an important point. I think we forget also that we were once children that couldn't do anything. Mm. We couldn't walk, talk, you know, take care of ourselves. But if you look back at a time when you, which you can't, and this is the thing, we can't remember that time. And if we did remember that time, we can link to that time, but we can't. But it's in our subconscious because that's who we are. When we used to fall down every time we tried to walk, but we kept standing up and we kept walking because as a child, we didn't really worry about falling down. We kept thinking about wanting to walk. Mm -hmm. So we kept falling down and we kept walking. We kept falling and eventually start walking. And the first thing I think, and it, because we're in our 30s, as we said, and we've got, as you said, and we've got children around us, you start seeing as soon as they start walking or whatever, the first thing they'll do is a smile and start clapping because they're so happy themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think 
in life, and as you rightly said, hurts different. There's different types of hurts. And we also got to acknowledge that not everyone has the chemical balance within themselves, which allows them to actually tap into their mind and try to build that positivity. Some of us are born with certain imbalances that doesn't give us that sense. And we, we, we have that chronic uh, unhappiness or, or failure within us. But it's important to be able to, at that point, also tap into people who can help and have a realistic understanding of who you are and what you can do and then build your confidence. And this is what I always say not to benchmark it's good to have role models in life it's good to see someone's success and see how they achieved it but if you're trying to be that person all our stories are different mm -hmm. uh, our bringings different our finances are different our current lifestyles are different so unless everything aligns you're never going to be that person and even if everything aligns you genetically may be different mm but you are who you are. So I think it's important to, and and I wake up with fear, like I had last week at work, I had a day where I just felt like I was digging a deeper hole every time I was working on a claim as opposed to moving it forward. And I remember taking a moment and sending, and especially because you're working from home, you don't have the capacity to see your colleagues as much. Mm. So I remember taking a step back and sending a message to my manager and said, mate, I'm think I'm just going in circles today uh, with everything that I do. I just wanted to acknowledge that. And he responded back and said, you know what, Mo, we have days like that. If you want to take some time, a few, you know, a few extra minutes on a break, few, just do that. So it's important to acknowledge as well if you're not feeling it. Now, that was two weeks ago, and I've had a great week since then, though it's been, you know, last week's been hectic with work, but it's still been a but I think it's important to acknowledge that there will be days that you will fail. There will be days in the future that you're going to be unhappy because the happiness is not a state of mind. Our success is not a state of being that's going to be constant. It will fluctuate. I think it's important for us to understand that too. So we, when it happens, we're kind of borderline prepared for it to happen. Mm -hmm. So then we will rather our reaction to it will be different is what I'm is is I think important yeah yeah when we know it's temporary we respond to Absolutely. it differently it's really yeah. important um I think that takes an emotional intelligence too because when you're in it I've said this before but when you're in it it's like oh my like it's it's really really tough and I if you don't tap in so wait a minute let me remind myself this is gonna pass the good like you said the good is gonna pass and the bad and it's really yeah. important to have that perspective. For yeah, sure. that's right. Yeah. What has you, what would you say would be your biggest motivation or inspiration up until this point? I think this, again, it has been different at different times. Um, growing up in the subcontinent of India in Sri Lanka, and you're growing up with that subcontinent culture, motivation is different. Motivation is driven by the fact that you've got to be successful. You've got to finish your exams. You've got to have a job. So for the longest time, which is about 20 years of your life, you're motivated by things that are what society would do where you live, the right thing to do. And I think for me, that was the same 
that was the same thing until I probably hit my late 20s to my early 30s. And then I think it started changing for me as well. And I'm more motivated today by life, by the fact that I have it, by the simple, like I've got all 10 fingers and all 10 toes. Um, I can see, I can hear, I can speak, I can comprehend. So I'm grounded by the fact, and I believe in God, or some people believe in a higher power. So whatever you believe in, or you don't believe in, it doesn't really matter. But you've got to have something that keeps you grounded and keeps you humble to the fact that these things are what you've... So I am. So every day when I wake up, and there are some days that I just don't feel like, oh my God, like today was a day that I kind of woke up and I thought, yep, I haven't been to the gym this week as I generally should go. I'm going to do, I did some catch up over the last few days and today was leg day and you never miss leg day, do you? And I woke up today and I went, oh, crikey, it's not going to happen. So I wasn't motivated because it was one of those days, you know, there's rain pattering outside, the light's not out. It's a Saturday morning for God's sake, you know, just go back to bed is exactly what I did. So there are days that you're not motivated. But it wouldn't be present every day because as a person, that's not who I am. And that's not, so I'm not going to do this when I wake up tomorrow or Monday. I'm not going to be like, oh, saying bad. I wouldn't. I'm going to tick over that. So what keeps me motivated more than anything is my journey, as I said, my benchmark against who I want to be in the future and, the, and also being able to be thankful and grateful for the little things that I have in my life. Because all of that could end in a moment. And I've seen that happen growing up. I grew up in Sri Lanka where there was a 30-year civil war. It started off, well, the struggle was there from the late 50s, but the actual war started in 1983 escalated during the 80s and by the time we hit the late 80s early to mid 90s we were actively in war right there were two fractions fighting in one part of the country and it was it was daily battle so it came to the point that the organization the government was fighting against which is also sri lankans were born in sri lanka fighting for a cause eventually turned into one of the most recognized and top terrorist organizations in the world. They had their own finances. They were shipping in their own weapons. They had their own economies going. And at one point, you know, every organization in the world, every government recognized them as the most powerful terrorist organization in the world. You know, they were bigger than FARC, which was in South America. They were bigger than, you know, um, the Arche in, in, in Indonesia. So they were bigger than everything. Now, I grew up during these war years. And even though I was relatively far from the battle and living in the comforts of the capital, right, we also would wake up to a normal day like today, go to school. And then the next thing you know, you know, parents coming and taking you home because there was a suicide bomb attack at the central bank and there were 1500 people lost so everything could change in a moment you know you could have built a house that you're moving in over the weekend going to work on a friday and someone decides to blow themselves up you're not going to move into that new house are you so everything 
can change in a moment of time. So what motivates me is that presence, that present and that presence. Because every day when, you, when midnight strikes, right, you're given the gift of a new day. And if you're alive, you're given that gift of a new day, right? And the old day is gone and you're in a new day, right? And when you've got that gift, you've got to, be, you've got to value that gift. Know that it is only for 24 hours and make the most of that 24 hours. And if you're lucky, you'll have another 24 hours tomorrow. So that's that's what keeps me motivated. Just that simplicity. Because when you've lost, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about the tsunami that happened in 2004 in East Asia. Um, when the tsunami happened in Indonesia and which affected. So the second largest impact was in Sri Lanka after Indonesia from the tsunami. And, and it was on Boxing Day. Um, and that's a time where there's a peak tourism as well, because a lot of people from the countries in the West would travel to Sri Lanka and other tropics because it's winter, school holidays, etc. Boxing Day, December 26th, you know, people woke up just another day. Water was receding. No one has seen that before. So they started seeing the corals and all that. And they went, oh, wow, the water is receding. Maybe it's low tide. No one knew that this was the beginning of a tsunami. And then 30 minutes later, the first waves crash, give it another 20 minutes, the second wave crash, devastated part of the country along the coastal belt. Everything happened in an instant. So this is this is a thing, you start a journey that you don't know if you're gonna see the end of. But what keeps me motivated is the fact that I have the capacity to start that journey and live that journey because I don't know what's there in the next moment. Yeah. I think that's such a good perspective because I feel like so often we're either living in the past or like worried about what happened or thinking about what needs to happen in the future. So just being like present because you're you're so yeah. right. Like you don't know, like this may be not to be morbid, but this may be your last day, and, and it's like yeah, just worry about what has happened or what might happen. Um, so I really like that perspective of just being as present as possible. Um, it might not be your last day as well. It, you know what I mean? As much as the thought of it might be the last something. Everything you know could end. Great example. 2020 was when we started off the year. We started it off like every other yeah. year. We had all these plans, you know. We wanted to travel. We had air mm -hmm. tickets booked. I had air tickets booked, you know. And then what happened? So mm -hmm. we're still alive. And they're obviously, you know, and, you know, my, my thoughts goes to your country as well, because has one of the largest losses of life because of COVID. Um, but, you know, some people didn't make it through 2020, but yeah, yeah. also it's the people who made it through 2020 that has to live with, not just making it through 2020, but also losing people close to you who are no longer there because, so I think, when you say things could end, there's that thing too, that the world we know has stopped existing, you know? Um, and it's happened to us over time. And there's generations like, you know, from our grandparents, et cetera, who've lived through it, but it can happen. So there was the world wars, you know, then there was Vietnam, then there was the other wars, and then there was, COVID, so everything we know keeps changing. This is why I keep saying, you know, change is a constant. 
constant means nothing changes, but change is a constant because it keeps happening. And, and we got to believe in that because that will continue to happen and know that it can be a good change. It might also be a not so great change. But if you are alive and you can make a change for yourself and people around you, then I think that's a good place for us to start knowing that it's going to be struggle. It's going to be hard but we can make it better than what it is now. Yeah. And I think um, it's also like, well, when things are outside of your control, what choice do you have? You really, like, you can't- You don't. Um, <laughs> right, and then if, if, if you had this perspective of getting stuck in it and just dwelling on all the things that have changed and what's going wrong, instead of trying to, um, seize the moment, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, I think that's the, I think that's the more productive route to go, the more, um, but I know people who, you know, they get stuck in it and they're like, oh, well, I can't do, they, they put these limitations on themselves because of the, the situation. Um, so I like that. I, I love that you said that. It's just a reminder, you know, no matter what happens, you do have to roll with the changes, but it's, you have control of your perspective. No one can yeah. make you think something you don't want to think. So you have control over that. Um, this is a way, way different than anything we talked about. <laughs> but um, what is something you hope people say about you when you're not in the room? Um, well, I, would, I wouldn't know what people would say or wouldn't say, obviously, because I'm not in the room. Mm -hmm. But... As a person, I'd like to be a positive, friendly person, and I want people to be able to reflect that. So something that I put on my social media is, you know, when people describe themselves on social media, my description is son, brother, uncle, friend, because I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, and I'm a friend. So when I'm not in the room, I would probably want people to acknowledge that and know me for that person I am, that I'm a son, that I'm a brother, that I'm an uncle, and I'm a friend. And if that's there, then I am living the life that I'm living. Good. Thanks. And then we talk so much about success, and you kind of talked about it earlier, how when you were younger, success was linked to a lot of external things. Mm. Um, so now in this in your 30s, what does success mean to you? When are you um, happiest? I'm happiest when I can stick to my values. I'm happiest when I can know that I can give kindness to the world, but it doesn't have to be shown on social media or people need to talk about it. That's my, that's my perspective of who I am. And I'm happy that I can do that. And I'm happy that, yeah, people might not know what I do in the background, but that's okay because I do it for myself. I'm happy, as I said, waking up in the morning, knowing that I've got this day and I can seize this day and do the things that I want to do. That's what makes me happy. I'm happy that I've woken up today, for example, and being able to be part of this podcast. That gives me happiness because, as I said, happiness doesn't last all the time. You know, it's, it's like one of those, you know, when you when you get get like an ECG report done and it has all the waves that goes up and down on a med, that's what happiness is like. 
but there is what they always call like that little borderline right and that's what you measure against now you are in control of that borderline is what i always tell people everything else as you rightly said before can be fluctuated because of external influences or things happening you could wake up tomorrow and they might tell you i'm sorry you're getting retrenched because we can't pay you that's going to make you unhappy mm -hmm. but knowing where that borderline is is what lets you then try and figure out how can i get above that line so what keeps me happy is knowing that borderline for myself but for myself not for you not for the person next to me nor gauging my happiness against the person next to me there are things in life that i and also understanding my needs and my wants we try a lot and look at our wants and believe that they are our needs and then we pursue these needs and in that journey we sometimes let the wants drop and then some you and when you finally grab onto that need you look around and you go oh but i want that but i didn't grab that so i think it's important to understand like i'm in that stage in my life that i don't need a relationship because i'm happy as the person i am but i'd want a relationship with someone who can actually give me that same level of happiness and is happy to share their happiness with me and you know capture my happiness so it's a want and a need based thing so for me the answer to that question is understanding that as well and sit sticking to my benchmark and i can keep raising my benchmark or lowering my benchmark because that's my benchmark mm -hmm. but i am in control of that little borderline and then i work with that so it's always head above the water so because i'm a swimmer and i love the ocean because the ocean is my happy place I always feel that it's, you know, it's it, it kind of refreshes and re-energizes my soul. So every week I'll try to get to the ocean at least once a week. And during the summer months, I'll go to the ocean a few times a week. When you're in the water, you keep your head above the water. And yes, you can submerge yourself, but you submerge yourself for a moment in time and then you come back up. Now you decide how submerged you are going to be or how much above the water your body is going to stay. That is your decision, right? So you could be neck above, you could be chest above, or you could be submerged like, you know, like a scuba diver. It's the same thing with your happiness and your life. You have a borderline and you stick to that borderline and you can move it. But then you move it for yourself and you're able to shut down all the other influences that might try to impact it because the other influences are the ones that would impact you going above or below your borderline but not moving your borderline if that makes sense yeah it does i was also thinking about your when you say your values you mentioned them a lot in this mm. um episode and i wanted to know if you consciously decided on what your values were and to cultivate your life around them or were they just instilled how did you like and, and are they written down somewhere like what's going on with the values <laughs> well let me take my little notebook uh, and i'll read you off my values no just kidding <laughs> um i think 
some of them are instilled because we grow up with our values, right? So you know how they say charity begins at home. It's instilled in you. Kindness is something that's instilled in you. So if you don't grow up in a kind environment, and if you don't know what it is like, you'll struggle to capture it for yourself. Being grateful is instilled in you, but not saying that they cannot be captured later on in life or not saying that you can't lose it. So some of these for me were instilled. So the fact of being kind to one another was instilled in me because I saw that with my parents, you know, my parents being kind to each other, my parents being kind to other people. So that's one of my values. Also being authentic is a value of mine that I've had, that I've lost and that I've recaptured. So my father is a very authentic person. And he's 69 years old. And if I look back into his life and if I speak to his siblings, because he's one of 10, so if I speak to any one of his other siblings, they'll always tell me, your father has always been this. That's the same thing that they'll say. Your father has always been this person. So he's always been authentic to who he was. I had been that person throughout my 20s. I have lost that authenticity because obviously you're trying to be someone else or you're in a space where you're trying to emulate or become someone else. And then gladly and quite gratefully, I've come to that authenticity of being who I am and being happy okay with that mm -hmm. um, so authenticity is a value that I look at kindness is another one and also being able to be grateful and humble grateful as I said to the people around you and humble to yourself knowing that everything that I do and this is again my belief and I don't think that everyone has a similar belief but everyone believes in what they want to believe and as long as they're happy with their belief but my belief is that there is a higher power that I believe in. And everything I do, as much as it's my effort, it is also a blessing. So I'm humbled by that fact and I'm grateful for that. So these values always make me question. If I do something, the other day I was driving and there was someone in front of me and literally pissing me off because I'm like, it's in the 80 zone, you're doing 60 and then what stopped me from honking at that person is that kindness because for one moment i thought what if you are driving at that pace because you've got a child in your back seat and this is how the child sleeps you know as parents sometimes you've got to take them a drive around the block just so that they fall asleep yeah. at that particular moment of time that thought came into my mind and i thought if i honked probably would wake a child up or there could be someone you know you can be anxious and you're driving in that stage of anxiety so i had control of that right mm -hmm. so i took the decision that i'm not so i think kindness is an act but kindness is a state of being so that's one of my values it's a state of being gratitude is a state of being humble is a state of being so these are my values and authenticity is by far the certificate of state of being. Be authentic to who you are, how you grew up, and what you are going to be in the future. Yeah. And going back to what you said about what we were saying, controlling our minds, it's like you're going to tell you, and when you were saying, um, it's basically a story you're telling yourself when about the person who's driving um, mm. 60 and an 80. Um, and I'm assuming that's not miles per hour. Because America, okay. no, no, it's kilometers. <laughs> All the American listeners, they are not having the speed so limit of 80 okay. miles per hour. <laughs> like, 
like, oh, no, that's not. But um, but uh, and I think that's a good reminder too to say, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell myself a story anyway. I'm never gonna know what's going on in that car. So why not lean right. in the kind story and the and that and it's something that's gonna be beneficial to me and to that person. I like yeah. that. Good, good note. Because that's a state of being, as I said, kindness is a state of being. And if you're not in that state of being, you wouldn't tell that story, would you? Right. Because you're not in that state of being. So it's important to be in that state of being, which then helps you. And you may fail, but that's okay. And that's one of the things that I actually really want to say is failure is okay. Because there wouldn't be success without failure. How would you gauge success? How would you gauge happiness if you don't know what it's like to be sad? Yeah. How would you get success if you don't know what it is like to fail? What is your benchmark? So yeah. if someone comes and says, I'm always happy, maybe you are, but you'll never be always happy. Mm-hmm. You are going to be sad, which then makes you value your happiness more. And that's why, as I always say, stick to that benchmark of what makes you happy and who you are. Because when you're sad, you'll be able to look at that and go, oh, right, okay. And when you're really excited and happy beyond a certain point, you can also look back and be a little bit more grounded. As you rightly said before, this will change. Mm -hmm. So I think everything is a state of being. The positivity of life is a state of being. And when it fluctuates, you then can come back to it because you know you've said that bar for yourself. I like that... um just kind of going back to your example of when someone was driving 60 in the 80 um there's a while back i brought i think i mentioned it on a different podcast where um you determine like am i reacting or am i responding and i like yeah. the fact that it's like it only takes maybe a couple seconds to have that moment of thought and reflection that can change the way you respond to a situation so it's sounds easy but I know it's very hard like in the moment to be like all right let me take five seconds and just think about this it's so important to just just take that moment um to just think about the situation on like a more holistic so I really like that you brought that example in yeah as I said it's a state of being so it's really hard because you got to cultivate that state of being and being in that sense means you also will fail so there might be a day that I might actually step on and just honk at someone, but then you immediately go, oh, God, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. That's not me. I shouldn't have. And then makes you reflect on it and realign your thoughts again as well. So, yeah, it's it's really difficult. And it's something that happens over time of being able to cultivate that. It's not something that happens overnight. And, so, and similar to that, um, I th- this is a this is a little different, but in in, al- in alignment with that. This week, I was like way out of balance, and I was like being super sassy in my mind to to, to someone if they did something to me. And I was I was at the gym, and I was sitting there, and I was like, this lady bothered me, and I was going in my mind, you know, telling myself a bad story about her, and yeah. something just came over me, and was like, why are you giving her your power? And it was just, it was like, if, but what I'm bringing that up to say is when you put the good stuff in enough, it'll come up when you need it. Like if I had never read that or had put that inside of me, it wouldn't have come up, you know? And it was something that I I know a lot of things. I read a lot of this stuff, but 
it's not always in the play. It's not always, <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm a human, I get angry. And I was yeah. so, and that just reminded me to keep, even when I'm having these um, moments when I'm out of balance or I'm not in alignment with who I wanna be, just keep putting that good stuff in and it'll come out. And it was, it was just so nice that in that moment, it was like, why are you giving her your power? And it just stopped. It just, yes. I was like, yay, all this stuff works. <laughs> just gotta keep putting it in and it's like yeah and it made me just really I, I did a journal entry and I just really reflected on that because it's so important to just put as much goodness in our like in our psyches as we can I think it'll be really helpful <laughs> it is and, and your thought about reflection was really great too I think that's what it is isn't it we just constantly need to reflect on our values on ourselves as well because you know things change all the time and you know if you don't reflect we don't know what we're what we're missing out or what more we need to put in as you would say okay. um and yeah kind of have that thought process in our mind mm -hmm. it's it, it's it's one of those things that it's and you know it's hard because we're not always that present mm -hmm. yeah because we're always doing other things and my mind is in other things like when i'm working i'm not that present about my values or what i am i'm i'm just working but because i found work that makes me happy and gives me that feeds into my values i don't need to think too much about it because i'm doing that kind of work so it, it kind of my values are present there yeah. so i guess it's it's quite hard to be present all the time and and i think through <laughs> And this is the other thing too, because through social media and all the other things we see in our life, I don't think if we were to go on, check the Facebook videos that's there or all the Instagram happy stories about people, there's not a lot of sadness and disappointment and failure that's presented in social media because no one really wants to tell the world that you failed. Mm -hmm. So we reflect on someone else's happiness or perceived happiness and we keep looking at it thinking oh wow and then you try to be that person and everyone's trying to be an influencer everyone's trying to and then you start thinking but why am I not happy as this person because is it you does that make you happy if it doesn't then don't do it do what makes you happy so it's important I think especially for the for the younger generation like I've grown up and I'm not that old, so <laughs> I talk as if I'm in my 60s. But like I grew up in a time, especially because I grew up in, in a different economy, that I did not have internet till I was about 16 years old. I didn't have my first mobile phone till I was about 18 or 19. And I could do jack all with that mobile phone that I had, except just make a phone call. Mm -hmm. So I kind of grew up with certain struggles that didn't allow me an instant life, that I couldn't text someone instantaneously and say hey I'm thinking about you I had to think about it for two days before I could actually tell that person mm -hmm. or or the other way around so I think going through that going through those anxieties and going through those reflections also inherently made me who I am which we don't have in the present time because everything is instant you could see something instantly you could do things instantly mm -hmm. you could break up with someone instantly without actually reflecting on your thought mm -hmm. um, so it's important for us to understand that the word instant means it's just for a moment it's mm -hmm. not going to last so in a world where everything is instant we've got to understand that life is not instant moments put together life is not instantaneous all the time 
and tap into the inner self of who you are and what makes you happy. And if something about you does not make you happy, then think about how you can make, if you can't go to a gym because you want to lose weight because you can't afford the, well, you can walk, you can run, you can jump. Mm -hmm. The streets out there, the parks out there. But I'm, you know, and then you start thinking, but I'm obese and people are going to laugh at me. Only you can change that because you're now thinking of yourself now. Now you've thought about changing yourself for the future where you want to lose weight, you want to live a healthy lifestyle, but you're not taking the actions that you want to take because you're thinking of the now. Mm. So always think about if I made this change today, this is what I'm going to look like. So I don't really care about the people who are going to laugh at me because come 12 months down the line, they're going to see me here and mm. then they're going to be think that they're going to be motivated or they're going to be amazed by the person you have become and let that thought feed you so then you can yeah so yeah. you can control that and as you rightly said before people always put things and say oh but I don't have money or I don't have time and you think but how long do you spend at the grocery store could you take 50 minutes off going at the grocery store twice a week that gives you 30 minutes you know but I don't have time to do this I don't have money okay do you smoke because I used to smoke so I'm just, so, you know, and 12 months ago, I quit smoking. So what I say is if you make that decision for yourself, mm. you know, and you go, if you're smoking, then cut down on X amount of cigarettes, there's money for you to spend for a gym for a week. Isn't that what you want? Mm -hmm. You want $15 for a week, yet you're happy to spend 70, 80 bucks on smokes for a week. Can you not reduce so? It's always that negativity that because we put blockers and some are inherent, but this is where we have to. So I have, I've had inherent blockers, as I said, growing up and also moving to Australia, seeing a different world, seeing a different society, seeing how people work also helped for me to look around the world around me and understand that, oh, this needs to change about me if I want to make that change for myself. Mm. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. And then you've got to accept that too. Yeah. If you can't do something, you can't do it. And if you tried everything to change it, and if it doesn't change, that's an acceptance you've got to have for yourself and see, okay, if that's not going to happen, what's next? Or what else can I do? And yeah, so that's, that's as I said, it's the, the, the positivity and the happiness doesn't come from being that present all the time. It comes from the fact that I constantly work on it. Mm-hmm. And I never sit back and think, oh, I'm happy now. I am happy now, but I know I cannot have that happiness in a moment. So I'll just keep working on it. Enjoy those moments that I'm happy and be prepared when it doesn't happen to deal with it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I wanted to say in response to that, but <laughs> I want to, <laughs> um, uh, I do want to be respectful of everyone's time. We are at an yes. hour. Um, so how's everyone on time? Yep, yeah, I'm I'm all right for a little little bit more, I guess. Okay, <laughs> if we just had a few helped. more things on the list, and yes. then we'll close out. We do our close out, but um, but I will say in response to the quick the I want to say a lot, but the one thing I'll say is um, just in the interest of time, 
is creating that baseline happiness. There was a time in my life where the baseline happiness was really low and like you were talking about, but then I looked at my values and how I can do create my life in alignment with that. And the baseline happiness has gone up. I never thought about that until you were talking. Um, but yeah, the, the, I, would, I would say, I can't sit back and say, I'm well, I could this very moment. Like I'm so happy, but either way on my bad days still, the like I said, the baseline is far, far better than it used to be. And it might drop again. Cause like you said, it's always fluctuating, but I do think there's a way to create that. Like I changed my job and my environment and um, just kind of looked at what makes me happy and tried to do everything I can to do that without hurting anyone. And I feel like the baseline is like really up there. So yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that for other people too. So it's like, you can create that or like lift it a little bit. Um, and it yeah. doesn't have to be drastic things. Um, yeah. Were you gonna say something, Iman? No. Okay. So this is another question that's way off. <laughs> I'm coming left field <laughs> today. Um, but what is uh, um, something, so your inner circle, you were you mentioned some friends you've had since you were very young or a friend you had since you were very young but what qualities um does a, someone have to be to be in your circle and to be in your life um i look for the same values that i have in my life so i look for people who are kind and who are grounded and people who have gratitude because if you don't have that then you can't i'm i'm friendly with everyone but i'm friends with the very little if that makes sense yeah 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 so I'm an I, I'm an extrovert. So talk a lot. If you haven't noticed already, um, <laughs> I could talk with anyone. Um, but I'm so I'm friendly with everyone. But I'm friends with a very little. And I look at these values because that's and again, as you said, that baseline is affected by that as well. If you're in a, if you're in toxic relationships, or even with friends who are toxic to your life, and again, may not be any fault of their own. It's just the way they are. So if we can't accept that too, going, well, this is who you are and you're not a really kind person. So I'll be friendly with you, but I won't be friends with you. So you've got to understand that with your inner circle because, and you've got to have people who think differently because if everyone's thinking the same, it's like that herd of sheep, right? You go one direction and you keep following in that. There's no change. But that's different to values. So you could have someone who thinks, and this is what I said, I had I had people who went, okay, great thought that you want to quit your job because it doesn't align by your values, but have you thought about how you're going to pay your bills? But they didn't question me in a negative way going, oh, you, you know, they didn't make a judgment that I haven't thought about it. They just questioned my judgment going, have you thought about it? Yes, I have. What's your plan? This is what I'm doing. Okay, so have you then, okay, so people who help you through that moment, because then sometimes you might think you have a great idea, but you might not really have a great idea. So it's important to understand that as well. So people around you can actually pinpoint to that and say, look, I know you like this, and I know it's probably you think that's the person you are, but because of A, B, and C, I don't think, again, are you going to accept it or not? That's up to you or the person you are. But having friends like that around you, if you're willing to let down everything and help your friend out, even though you don't expect it from your friend, it's good to have people who have a similar mindset. 
because that means you're all within that same value proposition and you're all different in your own ways because as human beings, we are all different. Mm -hmm. How much we give into that whole commonwealth of love and knowledge is going to be different. But the fact that we are all kind of on the same page about what we want to give is what's important. So my inner circle is mainly those friends and COVID as much as it was or oh, it has been a terrible time for the world, it was a time of reflection for me because where else would you get that time to be able to sit back and just think for yourself without being able to see your friends, et cetera, et cetera, because it was not by choice. By default, you couldn't go out. By default, you couldn't go outside of 5K. So by default, you were stuck at home. Mm -hmm. So during these times, I kept thinking more and more about what would make me happy because I didn't have the noise that was around me. It's trying, to, it's trying to record a song in a park, hard. But, you know, but then if someone puts you in that studio, then you're just by yourself. You can hear your voice better. So that was for me life last year. Someone took me outside of that park of life that I was in and put me in that little studio. So now I could hear myself a little bit better. And then I was able to hear the echoes of my own voice in my head. Mm you know, echoes of my own thoughts, and then that helps. So I must say this, that on that topic, I actually last year consciously decided to just be friendly with some friends. Of So until 2019, they were friends. From 2020, I am friendly with them. Mm -hmm. And I have people who until 2020, I was friendly with, but I am friends with that I will actually go and share things with them because I know they won't judge me for who I am as a person, but might judge that call to see if they can help me further or be a sounding board. So I think it's, it's and, and comes down to relationships of intimacy. It comes down to friendships as well. And sometimes even with parents, as much as I love my parents to bits and I wouldn't change them for anything, I have also understood that some of their values or some of their way of thinking, which is inherently put into me because I grew up, is not who I am as a person. So I've consciously made that decision to kind of separate myself from them in those thoughts. So not as, as being constant and present in their life or the love, but just more along the lines of my beliefs and their beliefs and just tell them, you know what, mom, or you know what, dad, you know, that's your belief. I respect you. Thank you for giving me the strength to think for myself. And this is my belief. So it's very important for us to understand that. And then, you, then you're then you able to love someone a little bit more as well, because now you don't have those anchors around your, around your legs that holds you down. I feel like you've given a lot of advice throughout the whole episode. <laughs> but um, for our listeners, what would be kind of your last piece of advice that you would give to someone who's kind of on their journey to finding themselves, to understanding what their definition of happiness, success is. Um, what piece of advice would you give? So I don't think I've given a lot of advice. Everything that I've said is what I would tell myself. So that's the first thing. So everything that I've told you today or that, that I've said to you today is what I say to myself. So that's the first thing that I would like to say. So, as I said, I am not happy all the time. 
I fail at times. So if I was to just crunch it all into a nutshell, what I would say is you can define your own bench line of happiness. And in doing so, you might have to take a look at your job. You might have to take a look at your friendships. You might have to take a look at your relationships. And then that will decide where, how, how far you're going to raise that bar. That's the first thing. And once you've made that decision, because you know that's the one that makes you happy as a at a bench line, stick to it. Don't change it. And remember that there are times where you're going to get pulled way down below that or you're just going to get catapulted way above that. So when you pull down way below that, remember that bench line. Remember what took you to get there and work yourself back up to it. Mm. That, it that can't be a fluctuating line. That has to be somewhat of a constant. It can move up and down, but as a whole. Because if you don't have that thing to grasp, you don't know where you're going. So it's just like diving underwater and not knowing. So when you're diving underwater and you don't know where you are, you'd follow the bubbles because you know the bubbles will keep moving up. So you follow the bubbles towards the surface. So that's your benchmark. When you're way above, what I do for myself is also be remind myself that this could all come crashing down. So therefore, be humble about it and be grateful for it in that moment of time. And I think the biggest thing that I can tell myself and everyone else is that at the end of the day, we were all born as individuals. You know, there was no one else. I mean, unless you were a twin, but you know what I mean? Even as twins, you're born as, in, as an individual person. Scientifically, you were just one cell that evolved into that human. Be individual, be authentic. And it's good as I said, I've looked at influences around me and I've taken influences from other people, as I mentioned earlier on the show, you know, Richard Branson, people like Barack Obama, people like Muhammad Ali, you know, I've taken influences from people. And, and some of these people have always factored a lot in my life. Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Barack Obama, Richard Branson. Um, I look at these people because I know where they come from. I know their story. But I am not them, nor do I want to be them. I just look at how they harness the positivity into their life. And then I look at how can I do the same for my life. And I look at what I have around that I can harness it for myself. So it's important to be authentic. But it's also important to understand that we are individuals and we, can, we, we have the power to make the change that we want to. Am I going to achieve all that? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I see a future for myself and I'm working towards it. Am I going to hit that? I don't know. But if I stop swimming, I wouldn't reach the land that I want to reach. So I'll drown where I am. So I'll keep swimming because that's what I know to do best. So that's what I keep telling people. Just keep moving towards what you think you'd be and look at yourself today. Look at yourself tomorrow and benchmark yourself against the person you are today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, that was all we have for today. Do you guys have anything else? No. I have, I have one thing I quickly tell you, but it's about it's about the butterfly, and this was told to me by someone who was a teacher of mine, and it's it's so it's so realistic. So he said, when you look at a butterfly. 
you look at how beautiful a butterfly is and you look at all the colors or the lack of and even if you look at a butterfly which is as plain white or just black you still look at it and go oh a butterfly mm -hmm. you never think about the moment that that butterfly was a caterpillar in a cocoon right so it had to first be a caterpillar in a cocoon before it emerged as the butterfly it was so we need to understand that journey for ourselves as well so that caterpillar knew that caterpillar wanted to be a butterfly hence that caterpillar worked on itself got itself into that and then came out being that butterfly now butterflies also have a short lifespan <laughs> that's not that's not the morale of the story but what i'm saying is if you want to be someone better you've got to take a look at yourself work on yourself and know that if i do this work if I'm a caterpillar and if I do this job, if I do this work, I'll come up being a butterfly. So you've got to understand that I want to be it because there are caterpillars that never become butterflies. Not every caterpillar becomes a butterfly. So you've got to understand that for yourself. You've got to know that I want to be that person. I want to be that human or I want to you know, achieve that for my life. And you work on it. Like if you want to travel the world and want to own a house and you can't because you've got a mortgage, then where do, you, where, where do you draw the line? You'd be like, yeah, I'll live on rent. I'm not going to pay a mortgage because I want to travel the world. But once you've done that, you can't think back and say, oh, I never owned a house because I traveled the world. No, because that was your happiness and you achieved that. So you've got to be able to be happy with what you achieve if that's what you want and work towards it. So that's that's my last bit of, yeah. you know, parting statement. I want to go out on a limb and say no one ever traveled the world I'm like darn it i saw the whole world but i didn't buy a house i don't think i <laughs> <laughs> wish i didn't travel the world gosh i don't think <laughs> i feel like that'll never happen i don't know um that was just me being silly but uh um <laughs> and that makes me but sad. you gotta be too you gotta be silly that's the thing oh, you gotta be silly you gotta have fun don't worry about that. They um uh that made me sad. I never thought about a caterpillar never not becoming a butterfly. When you every time I see one, I'm like, oh, there's gonna be a butterfly. And I never even thought, like, maybe not. Like that's mm. really sad. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, Mo, thank you so much. You've given us so much, and I have a lot more questions. I would love for you to come back one day. Um and give us another hour of your time or so, because I want to ask about more about your background, why you moved to Australia, what a heat is, the four week notice in America, they do two weeks. Listen, I have so many questions and I'm sure a lot of <laughs> Americans listening do too. Um, so we, I would love to have you back and pick your brain. Iman knows how I am, especially about people that are from different parts of the world. I get yeah. so intrigued. Um, anyway, so you will come back on. Just say it. Just say yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for having me and letting me jabber on for so long. Um, because the biggest problem that the world has with me is to trying to shut me up. And um, which <laughs> I always talk and people are like, gotta shut up sometimes. No, just shut up. But thank you so much for having me and letting me just speak to you about who I am and you know, um, I'm just an ordinary bloke from Victoria. And thank you for having me uh, say things that I say to myself every morning. <laughs> thank you. 
Um, but you're not alone in that boat. I talk a lot too, Iman knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you, Mo. We're going to close out. Thank you, Mo. I'm saying it's just Mo, right? That's it. Yes, That's it. yes, just Mo. Thank you for sharing your time with us and inspiring our listeners to redefine success for themselves. And of course, thank you listeners. We could not do this without you. Remember to hit like and subscribe and share this episode. We really appreciate your feedback. Remember to subscribe at U Plus Happy on YouTube and also on Instagram at U Plus Happy. And we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And we ask our guests to say our tagline, which is, are you ready? It's long. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> we'll show you our definition of success if you show us yours. We'll show you our definition of success if you show yours. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care and God bless.